0: This is the Sticks and Stacks podcast with Sean Drotar and Jen Piacenti. Welcome to Sticks and Stacks on the Sawdust Podcast Network. Your opportunity to check out the best in baseball and hockey. Actually, give you 15 minutes of a tightly packed chances to look at this week's games in a short term and try to find an opportunity to go ahead and, and win a little bit. To do that, we want our baseball expert, Jen in there. Jen, how are you doing today?
1: I am doing great, Sean. I've been a couple days without baseball. I'm already going crazy. Let's get back at it.
0: Yeah, and, and, you, and you were on a roll. So hopefully, <laughs> hey, the, the All-Star break hasn't cooled you off. We'll start out on, uh, with Texas and Toronto. Uh, this is a, a game where, of course, the Blue Jays uh, find themselves in a, in a pretty good spot. But they're an average team at home. They're a little bit over 500. They're one game under 500 at home, but they do have one of the best strikeout pitchers in the league on the hill.
1: They do. Robbie Ray has been absolutely phenomenal this year. You know, he strikes out batters at a rate of like nearly 12 per nine innings. He's just incredible. So I think we have to believe in this uh, as far as Robbie Ray is concerned. And for their part, The Rangers are tied for the worst strikeout to walk ratio in the league, and they have the 13 most strikeouts in the league versus lefties, and they're only slugging 392 on the season versus left-handed pitching. So I think we have to go with the Jays here at home over the Rangers, even though they may not have the, you know, the strongest home record, they are clearly the better team on their side. They have the highest slugging rate in the league versus right handed pitching, and they have the second lowest strikeout rate in the league. So I just see this going the way of the Jays, and so does Vegas because <laughs> you're not getting great odds. If you no. take the Jays to win this, it's minus 235, I found over on DraftKings. And the run line, one and a half, is minus 125. But this is a bet, I feel like it's a pretty safe bet as far as safe bets go. We don't have any player props as of yet, but maybe by the time you're hearing this, there will be some more player props up at Bet MGM, FanDuel, DraftKings. And I just want to point out that Jordan Lyles has been better as of late, but on the season, he's been particularly bad versus righties with an ERA of almost six. So that means you got to have a little bit of sprinkle of money on Vlad Guerrero Jr., whether you're playing him in your FanDuel lineups, Bo Bichette. You could even take a shot with Lourdes Guriel Jr., all the Jays, basically, because they're all righties. You know, really, the only lefty in their lineup is Cavan Biggio and, you know, Reese. But really, they're all righties and they all hit very, very well. So I see this going the way of the Jays and I would stack them in any of my DFS lineups.
0: Yeah, and I think on the other side of this you know, don't have a number on the player prop But I wouldn't mind throwing a, a dart Just maybe, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a small amount At Joey Gallo to hit a home run Because even though Robbie Ray's yep. been very good Gallo's got 24 home runs, we know about his power And Ray has allowed 20 home runs already this year So he's been excellent, but that's kind of A big number for a guy that's looked as good As he has, and that's partially because he keeps It in the strike zone, but someone like Gallo, if he catches it right, you know it'll fly I don't necessarily hate that one even though your odds are probably going to be pretty long
1: i think it's actually a fairly good bet and i was going to say a lot of times in dfs you like to put a little coming back from the other side you know and believe it or not gallus splits are better versus left-handed pitching he's batting 267 versus lefties with nine home runs 21 rbi that's not too bad it's a 552 slugging he hits lefties better than he hits righties so i think it's a pretty good call
0: Yeah, you put the two together, and and who knows? So we'll take a look at that one, and then we'll head over – to L.A. where the Angels will be taking on the Mariners. Now, in the the last podcast, if you want to catch up uh, on Sticks and Stacks, we talked about teams in in futures in the second half of the season. And one of the ones we both liked were the Angels because they're still hovering around 500 despite the remarkable number of injuries. You get a couple of those guys back, and the Angels look like they're just about primed to blow up. But in this one, they take on a Mariners team that's actually ahead of them in the standings
1: they do. And for some reason, though, the Angels are favored tonight. Now, it's Chris Flexen versus Andrew Heaney. So I'm not exactly sure why uh, people are so excited about Andrew Heaney here. He has a 5.38 ERA on the season, but the Angels are favored to win. I'm taking Seattle. I'm taking Seattle at plus 145. And I'm also taking the over on the run total of nine. You know, the Angels have averaged 4.89 runs per game. The Mariners have averaged 4.43 runs per game. You add that up, it's a little bit over nine. And I know that's not exactly how we do this, but I look at how much Heaney has been hit and how hard he's been hit. And I think he's going to get hit tonight. Even if the Mariners do have one of the worst batting averages in the league, I think it's the second worst. I think they can hit Andrew Heaney. And for his part, Chris Flexon has been very good lately too, but the angels have the fifth best batting average in the league. They make a lot of contact. So I can just see a lot of runs, uh, put being put on the board tonight. Uh, people will be rested. So that's good, but it's good for both sides. It could be good for the batters. It could be good for the pitchers. I'm feeling an upset by the Mariners here. I was actually surprised the angels were so heavily favored.
0: Uh, the danger, of course, is, you know, you talked about the contact rate for the Angels, and it's it's very good. Flexon is not a guy that gets a lot of punch outs, uh, 63 strikeouts in 92 innings by today's standards. Uh, that's pretty soft. So he's a guy that gets a lot of contact, and he's got a 3.51 ERA, so he's been getting out of the, any potential jams. But he doesn't have a lot of swing and miss pitches, and so obviously there's a danger there with the Angels. But get this, as an underdog this year, the Mariners are 45 and 27 so i mean they have clearly performed very well when, when no one expects them to go there and i like what you're looking at there too given yeah. that the matchup heaney has been pedestrian at best you could argue it's been pretty bad i mean you know talking 5.38 era is pretty awful at this stage but uh i like the matchup i'm with you i am not really yeah. sure why the angels are favored on this Me one either. so i look at it and I say hey jump all over the mariners while you can
1: I think so, too. And by the way, for FanDuel, there's a couple plays. I'm looking over at Mitch Hanniger here in 18 career at bats versus Andrew Heaney. He has three home runs and he's slugging 944. What? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Okay.
1: So, again, that's that's pretty positive, I would say. And then a a bargain play for your DFS at only twenty two hundred on FanDuel. Dylan Moore in 10 career plate appearances versus Heaney Moore is batting 444, slugging 889 with a home run and a double. And he's 2,200. So I don't know. I'm, I like this game. It's fun to play tonight.
0: And I, I look at a guy like Shohei Otani, of course, and this is the, one of the few times you're going to hear me say, I'd stay away tonight because we saw the performance in the home run derby. He was amped up. He was swinging really hard. Sometimes when guys have bad performances at at the home run derby at the all-star game, you actually see that uh, it may take them a game or two to get their swing balanced out again uh, as they were sitting there trying to rake and smash and do everything they can do. And uh, it would not surprise me if for a day or two, uh, Shohei looks a little bit off kilter. And that's one of those ones that if it was me, I'm, I'm not touching him in any DFS lineups on Friday.
1: I don't blame you at all there. I think it, let's give Shoei Otani a day or two to just be a normal person yeah. and
0: deep, not deep be a breath. superhero. <laughs> Center yourself and then get back to work. We'll, we'll do the same thing. Have another matchup with some DFX picks for you. We'll do that in a moment right here on Sticks and Stacks. Welcome back to Sticks and Stacks. My name is Sean Drota. I'm your host. Jen Piacenti, our baseball expert, is with us. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you can do so. Mine is S-D-R-O-T-A-R, and hers is Jen Piacenti. That's P-I-A-C-E-N-T-I. Well, the All-Star game has come and gone from Colorado, but there is still a matchup that maybe a lot of people are overlooking because the Dodgers have beaten the Rockies six out of seven times this season. Obviously, they're an immensely better team, but... Well, there's always a but, isn't there? Yep. What is it that makes the Rockies yeah. interesting in this one?
1: There's a lot to like here. Uh, first of all, the Colorado Rockies might be, and maybe you can confirm this for me, the best home team.
0: They have the, the most home wins in the National yes. League. They are 31 and 17 at home, 14 games over 500, despite the fact that they're 11 games under 500 on the whole.
1: So let's give him a check mark in that column. Okay, so that's one. Number two, uh, Sensitella, Antonio Sensitella, actually far better at home than he is on the road. Surprisingly, and this is going to sound really surprising, his home ERA is only 3.75, and in 60 innings pitched, he's only given up four home runs at Coors Field. That's that's uh, that's pretty surprising and maybe a little bit sneaky. So that's check number two. And then let's look at the third thing I wanted to consider, and that's that uh, Urias is a lefty, and you guys are really never going to believe this one. The Colorado Rockies have the fourth best batting average in the league versus left-handed pitching. So, uh, again, I agree, Sean. Uh, obviously, the Dodgers are the superior team, but don't not some kind of... Sometimes kind of love a home dog. That was kind of kind of plus money.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Plus, you know, at a certain point, I, I get it. Uh, things never really come due. But the last time the Rockies beat the Dodgers was on opening day and they've lost the next six. And, and you kind of think that, OK, you know, things come around. That's why we have a 162 game baseball season. This things level out over the course of the year. I'm with you. This one kind of feels like a good yeah. one for the Rockies to steal their guys. Are the only are the only team in the league that didn't have to travel anywhere for the All Star break, right? They've been sitting nice and cozy right. in, in their houses over in Denver, and they just have to roll back into the stadium. And, and This seems like a good opportunity for them to steal one from the Dodgers. And I I think the the over under on there is sitting at eleven. That's a tricky one. My instinct is to say go below that because Senzatella has been good. He's been a, he's a ground yep. ball guy, doesn't give up a lot of home runs at all, and especially oddly Coors Field, like you pointed out. So I, I'd like to look at it at being the under eleven, but Coors Field being Coors Field, I never know on that one.
1: Yeah, I never know on that one either. I tend to want to always bet the over at Coors, obviously, but I agree. I'm feeling it's more of an under game. Um, But I I would say overall, I'm staying away from it. What I might do is, uh, of course, I I wouldn't feel afraid to take the Colorado Rockies just to win on the money line and uh, certainly on the run line.
0: Yeah, if they, if they do win, you know, you, these aren't generally close games, of course, one way or the mm-hmm. other. And that's especially right. with these couple teams, uh, the last time the Rockies beat the Dodgers, it was by three. They have only had uh, one game this year, be a one run game between the two teams. So they tend to be a little bit separated when they do play. So, OK, the, the Rockies, surprisingly, over the league's best team is a home dog. That's a little bit of fun. Yeah. And for Friday, <laughs> uh, some, you got to have a couple picks here for DFS. What are you feeling?
1: Well, I would just say one I'd like to throw out there is a, a pitcher that people may not be thinking about. Uh, and it's another situation like we were just talking about with dramatic home road splits. So um, I'm talking about Adam Wainwright. You know, yeah, he is facing the best team in baseball right now. Well, maybe not the best team, but the team with the best record, the San Francisco Giants yes. still have the best record in baseball. So it looks a little scary. But Wainwright's home ERA on the season is 2.55, and he's gone six innings or more in six of his last seven starts. So he's a great, great play for a GPP. I don't think a lot of people are going to think, hey, I'm going to start Adam Wainwright versus the Giants. Adam Wainwright's not a sexy name, and the Giants look like a really good team on paper. But one other thing people may not notice the Giants actually have the ninth highest strikeout rate in the league. So for value, at an $8,800 price tag on FanDuel. I like getting Adam Wainwright so then I can afford to put in my lineup Vlad Guerrero Jr., or boveschet yeah. or any of those j's right so i,
0: I like it and I, yeah. I think that regardless you know you'd love to get a great performance out of it but this doesn't seem like the kind of game that's going to be particularly high scoring so mm-hmm. it, sometimes even if the, your your guy doesn't dominate but if he goes 6 innings and gives up you know two runs uh, that's still a that's still on the plus side for you so absolutely you, you don't need someone to go out and throw a, sh- a shutout to help
1: That's right. And when his fan duel goes, one thing to remember is um, innings pitched adds up really quickly, almost as quickly as the strikeouts. So when you have someone like Adam Wainwright, who's coming off rest and has gone eight innings a few times already this season. I know his last start was a little shorter, only five innings, but you know, he's had some time to rest. He's been the undeniable ace since Flaherty's been injured. So I think it's time to trust him. And, And again, as I said at home, he's excellent at home. So it's a contrarian play, but I think it will save you a little bit of salary and it's kind of a safe play.
0: All right. So, in review, Texas and Toronto, what's your favorite?
1: I like Toronto on the run line, uh, minus 125. And uh, check out for your Robbie Ray strikeout props if they come out tomorrow. We don't have them yet, but it's probably going to
0: be the over. <laughs> <laughs> the Seattle Mariners take on uh, the Angels in LA. What's your favorite there?
1: I like Seattle to win this game in an upset, and I think the game will go over the run total of nine.
0: Yeah, uh, not the uh, most amazing pitching matchup. Chris Flexen looks really good, but again, gives up a lot of contact. A lot of contact can be pretty dangerous to that Angels lineup. So going over to uh, the Colorado Rockies hosting the L.A. Dodgers, maybe one that we agree on the most surprising pick of the night.
1: Yeah, and that is the Colorado Rock- Rockies to beat the Los Angeles Dodgers at home at course.
0: All right. So there you go. These are our three for Friday, plus a couple of DFS picks that we like. And this is kind of what we do here. So if you haven't ever listened before, welcome aboard. Love to have you. And if you have been, thanks for listening. We'll be right back with you next week. For Jen Piacenti. I'm Sean Drotar. Thanks for listening to Sticks and Stacks on the Sawdust Podcast Network.